This is Jason Hansen, pastor of Anchor Church. Thank you for jumping onto our sermon podcast. My prayer is that as you listen to this sermon, you're encouraged in your walk with Jesus and that you live for him in all of life. Enjoy the sermon now. <laughs> but anyway, hey, welcome to Anchor Church. My name is Chris Morrow. I'm one of the pastors here. And I, I get to share with you guys a little bit of, uh, from the, the Word of God. We're in the ser- this Mark series looking at who uh, then is this? Looking at uh, the narrative of Jesus, who Jesus is, and, and uh, trying to see who he is, follow him, get to know him better, and uh, live for his mission. And I, I wanted to share with you guys just a little bit about my story. We're going to look at the calling of the disciples today as Jesus calls them to follow him, and, and he would make them fishers of men. And I wanted to share with you guys a little bit about uh, God's call on my life and see how it applies to us. When I was 15 years old, freshman year in high school, I had some friends begin to call, uh, invite me to Young Life. Young Life's a youth outreach organization. And so they were inviting me, and they said, well, hey, man, you should come to Young Life. And I was like, well, what is this? And they said, oh, it's like it's a youth group. And I was like, no, I don't want anything to do with youth group. I know how those youth group kids are, right? <laughs> They're cool now. I like them. <laughs> But, uh, and then they said, well, but it's just like this, uh, this cool church thing. And I was like, no, man, I don't want anything to do with church. I had decided from a young age, you know, uh, I do believe in God. I know I'm a sinner, but I- I'm just going to live my life and have fun now. And I'll figure out the God stuff later when I'm like 40 years old and, and there's no more fun in life left, right? <laughs> <laughs> when I- my back's broken down. But anyway, uh, so... And finally, they said the the thing that got me there. They said, well, dude, all the fine preppy girls are there. And I was like, well, why didn't you say this in the first place? Let's go. (laughs) So they got me there because of cute girls. And I had no chance with any of those cute girls anyway. But anyway, I went, had a great time, uh, started hearing about Jesus. And one day, well, I just started feeling like I needed to go to church. So I convinced my mom to take me to church. We weren't really, we we went to church kind of on and off for a little bit of my childhood. And I remember that Sunday going there, and it was kind of weird. I saw a bunch of people laid out in the front, and I was like, Mom, what, what's going on up there? Uh, well, they got slain in the spirit, so a lot of people were just laid out in the front. I didn't get it, but at the end, they did this altar call, and I, and I come up, and I, and I don't even know why I'm going up, but I, I come up for prayer. And it's the, a bunch of people came around me, started praying for me, and I remember just one voice clearly in that group. And it always stuck to me. It was like as if God was planting a seed in me that day. And, uh, and someone said that I was going to have a, an influence right, over teens all across the United States. And I remember that. For some reason, that stuck in my, in my mind. And I still didn't even know Jesus. And that summer, I went to, to camp in Northern California. I was a knucklehead causing all kinds of problems. I got a lot of crazy stories from that. And uh, it was the, like, and I didn't even pay attention most of the week. I was falling asleep. They were trying to get me to stop lay, laying down in the back. But uh, on that, that, that final night, they play uh, a cross video. They play this uh, a video of Jesus being crucified on the cross. And, and they tell us that, that he loves us and that he died for our sins and, and that he wanted to have a relationship, wanted us, wants to have a relationship with us. And it was like, I had already believed that there was God. I believed that I was a sinner, but I hadn't heard about 
I hadn't heard the gospel yet. It hadn't, and maybe I had heard it, and it just hadn't stuck in my, in my heart and my mind. And, and that day it hit me. And I remember going out that night. They gave us a little time to spend some time in prayer under the stars. And I said, God, I don't even know what this means, but I want to follow you with my life. Right? And I, I literally did not know what it meant. But I think that's where, where God was drawing me, calling me to, to follow him. Immediately, I got connected to, to church, First Presbyterian Church in Casa Grande, and, and the, the pastor got up to preach that first message, and I was like, oh, wow, that was my seventh grade basketball coach, right? And I was like, oh, I could stay here. And, and so I got connected there. I got discipled and, and had a wonderful experience there. And, and, but, so I had, but I had this call, right, this call to youth ministry from a young age, and and I, and I wasn't really fully processing it, but I, I started serving in the junior high uh, youth group when I was a senior in high school. And, and my whole plan of going to college was to, to get the easiest degree possible, sociology, so that I could uh, become a, a Young Life staff person. I wanted to do Young Life. I wanted to do youth ministry. And I, I think that was just part of God like planning that in me from a young age. And, and, and so... You know, when, when you think about my story, right, you hear this God calling me, drawing me unto himself and saving me and, and, and giving me this specific call in my life for, for youth. And even when I was a lead pastor, I've always done youth uh, uh, throughout my time of ministry. And so, you know, when you think of that, that call, it seems pretty unique, right? And, it, and there is some uniqueness to it because it's my story, but a part of it is not unique because that same call for Christians to follow Jesus and to live for his mission is the call that we all have, right? It's literally the call uh, that every Christian, every disciple, every follower of Jesus has that same exact call to, to follow Jesus and to live for his mission. And so that, that's what we're going to look at today in the book of Mark uh, and the big idea today is a disciple of King Jesus follows him by living for his mission. Right? You hear that? A disciple of King Jesus follows him by living for his mission. This is the call of every believer right? from the beginning, right? from the, the 12 disciples. And that's what we're going to see. Jesus is, is calling these guys and drawing them unto himself uh, for his mission. But before we get into uh, this text, I want to recap the series, in case you weren't be here, because this narrative is the narrative of, of the life of Jesus and the ministry of Jesus and his mission to, to come and redeem and restore creation and, and to, to bring his kingdom into the world. And so the book of Mark begins with John the Baptist. John the Baptist is Jesus' cousin, and, and he comes on the scene calling people to repent and believe. Right, to turn from their sin and, and believe in God that, that there's someone that is, is greater than him that is coming. Someone that he's not even worthy to, to stoop down and untie his sandals. Right? So he's this forerunner of Christ announcing that, that the Messiah is coming. The promised one is, is close. He's, he, he's at hand. And so when Jesus shows up on the scene, he, he actually comes to John the Baptist and and he is baptized by John. And at that baptism, he, uh, the heavens open up. It's this amazing uh, picture of the Trinity where, where the Holy Spirit descends on Jesus like a dove. 
And, and the voice of God speaks from heaven. This is my son with whom I am pleased. Right? Jesus is being uh, affirmed for, for, for his mission. He's being empowered by the Holy Spirit for his mission. And right after this, he's, he's driven out into the desert for 40 days and 40 nights where he's tested and he's tempted by Satan. And he's prepared in the wilderness for what is to come. And then last week, Jason talked about the, the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Right? He starts his ministry up in northern Israel in the, the region of Galilee. And he begins proclaiming that the kingdom of God is at hand. He's calling people to repent and believe the kingdom of God is near. And the kingdom was near because the king was near. Right? Jesus, the king, had stepped off of his throne and come down to earth to fulfill all of his promises of salvation for his people, to come and, and redeem and, and restore his creation. And so the, it's this exciting time where, where God's promises are, are coming true and, and God is fulfilling his promises to come and, and save his people. And that's coming in Jesus. And so as, as soon as Jesus begins uh, proclaiming that the kingdom is at, is at hand, he begins uh, gathering disciples for his, his mission, for his, and, and gathering them, calling them to follow. And so today we're going to see him uh, call uh, Peter, Simon Peter, uh, Andrew, and James and John. And Peter, James, and John were actually three of Jesus' closest inner three disciples. And, but he's calling these disciples to follow him by living on his mission, right? That's, the, that's that big idea today. And you see him, him doing that. He's drawing these guys unto himself. He's saving them and, and, and calling them to follow him so that they would go and, and take the gospel to the ends of the earth, which is in fact what they do. So let's get into this, this text today. Uh, you can open up your Bibles to Mark 1.16, and we'll read here. It says here, as he passed alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, Simon's brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Follow me, Jesus told them, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Going on a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, putting their nets in order. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. And that's the word of the Lord today. Now, if you've never read your Bible, maybe you're not that familiar, and you read that story, it seems kind of odd, right? So this random guy shows up. You know, you got to assume these guys are at work, right? And some guy shows up and says, hey, follow me, right? Put yourself in that position, right? A guy shows up at your work and says, hey, follow me. You're like, all right, let me get right back to you. Security? You know, you're calling, like, who, who is this guy? Or you're, or you're at least saying, like, uh, uh, where? Follow you where? Where are you going? Right? You, you would, you'd probably be like, this is kind of odd. This is uh, uh, bizarre. Who's this guy trying to call us to follow? And, and even the, the fact that he says, follow me, and they leave their nets, right? They, they and immediately go with him. If you don't know kind of what's going on there, it, it seems kind of odd. 
Uh, if you look, and we're not going to do this, you can go read Luke 5, 1 through 11. There's a, actually a more detailed account of this. And, and it tells us that these, these men had heard Jesus teach. He actually sits in the boat and teaches from their boat. And then he performs this great miracle of, of, of catching a, a ton of fish and bringing in this huge haul. And then he calls them to follow him. So they, they, this is not just some blind, random moment, but this is, Jesus has actually uh, preached his word in front of them, and, now, and they know he's a rabbi, and he calls them to follow him, and they do it, right? That's the, that's the amazing thing in the, the stories. You see this immediately. They leave him and follow him. And so when we look at today, when we look at this text, the first point I want to make is the, uh, the king's call is to follow me, right? He calls them to follow and they do it, right? And, and so what's happening here is God is drawing them unto himself for salvation, right? The love of Jesus is drawing them and compelling them, and, and they're coming in to salvation. Although Jesus hasn't died, they're putting their faith and trust, just like all the Old Testament people did, in what God was going to do. And they put their faith, they repent and believe in Jesus, and they follow him immediately, and they leave Everything And there's this picture of uh, uh, them, and I think it's purposeful, of them leaving their nets, right? James and John, uh, they're, they're working in a family business. They leave this, this family business to follow Jesus. They leave, and it's a pretty successful family business. They have hired men is what the text says. So they leave it all to follow Jesus, right? To put Jesus as, as first, as the, the Lord and the King of their lives. And, and throughout this story, we get to see them struggling to grow in their faith and in and their doubts and their struggles and their fears. And, and they're normal people, right? And, and, but there's this picture, I think, there of, of showing us that Jesus, when we follow Jesus, he becomes the king of our life. He becomes number one, right? Jesus is, uh, when he calls us to follow him, he becomes our Lord, and he is greater in our lives than our career. He's greater in our lives than even our own families, right? He's, he's wanting to take that place of supreme uh, importance, right, as, as Lord and king of our lives. And now these men, they do fish again, and I, I believe they continue having a relationship with their family. But it's this image, this picture of, of the lordship of Jesus. He is supreme. He is number one. And, you know, even when, when we think about that idea of, of, like, putting him above certain things in our life, maybe our family, uh, may, above our, our career, there, there's meant to be some, some tension there, right? There, there is meant to be, uh, right, that, that that is a, a, a scary call. It's a heavy call. It's a serious call to put Jesus above all. And a lot of times we may struggle to make Jesus Lord of all in our lives, right? We might struggle with this, all right, Jesus, right, this call to follow Jesus and put him above all. For example, we might say, Lord, I will follow you if I have a successful career, right? We might say in our hearts, Lord, I'll follow you if my marriage is happy or my kids are happy. We might say, Lord, yes, I will follow you if 
I have enough money in the bank. We might say, Lord, yes, I'll, I'll follow you if, uh, you know, I'm getting good grades and, 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 uh, and, I'm, and I'm, you know, I got a good GPA, right? There's these things that we may put before Jesus and, and, and we might even struggle in our hearts to, to lay down, to put him as, as Lord and supreme in our lives. And anything that we put before Jesus, anything that becomes that if is our true master. Right? And so Jesus is, it, when he calls us, is saying, lay those things down. Right? Lay them down and follow me. Put me as first. Put me as highest priority. And so that is what Jesus is saying to you. Follow me. Follow me. Put me first. And, you know, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all else will be added unto you as well. That's a promise from God. Right? I wanted to share with you guys a, a little story, I, uh, or a little, uh, so here's a, I emailed my former Sunday school teacher, I had this Sunday school teacher, Paul Cooper, who was a, a, a great influence in my life. He was a normal guy, he was a blue collar kind of guy, he, he had a small business, painting, family painting business, and, and we always used to make fun of him because he wore tight Wranglers. So all the kids made fun of him, but he was just a great guy, fun to be around, loved the Lord. He loved God's word. He loved his family, and it was infectious. It was infectious. And, uh, and I emailed him and asked him, what does it mean to you to follow Jesus in your life? And so here's what he wrote. This is from Paul Cooper. Paul, Paul says, come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. This is a very special scripture to me. Chris, my degree is in education, a teacher. I abandoned that career because I came to realize that I would not be good at it at all. So I went to work within the family business, a painter. Little did I know that the Lord would make me a teacher. The scripture literally says, I will make you begin to be. When I walked my own direction, I couldn't do it. When I walked with him, he made me to be a teacher. And you, my friend, are one of the hundreds of kids that I've had the privilege to serve and teach. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I love you and am very proud of you. You know, that, that means a whole lot to me, you know, from Paul. He's a great guy. And, and so, see, and I use that to illustrate where, where Paul said, you know what, I, I need to follow Jesus and put him as number one in my life. And, and it took him astray from the path that he wanted to go, right? But then God came in, and I love that picture. Of, uh, God made him a teacher, and he was a, he was a very uh, good Sunday school teacher, and, and, he, and, uh, and, and he was always kind of there in youth, but man, he was an inspiration for our lives, and I, I got to go and sit down and eat meals with him and his family and to see how he loved his daughters, and, and it was transformative. And Paul followed Jesus, Right? And not perfectly. Everyone's going to struggle, right? At those times where we're, we're trying to put Jesus first, and, but we're wrestling, we're struggling with sin, or, or we're struggling to trust Him with finances, or struggling because we just lost our job. But know what? I'm going to keep putting Jesus first. I want to follow Him. He's Lord of my life, right? And then God does the work, and God provides, and, and God meets us in the middle of all this. So He's calling to follow. That's what a disciple does is, is follows Jesus and we follow him by living for his mission 
And so that's the number two is the king's mission is people. Right? That's the king's mission. He says, I will make you fish for people. And so I think the beautiful thing is that the king's heart is for people. Right? That, that's what God is all about, is people. He wants to reach people. He wants to see more people saved and lives transformed and, and people drawn unto himself and, be, and made whole. So He's so passionate about this. He, he literally dies for this purpose of people. And so he sends his people out to reach more people, to fish for people. And this metaphor of fishing is, is actually a beautiful metaphor because when you go fishing, you pull that fish out of the water. You pull it out of darkness into the light, right? And so God sends his disciples into the world to draw people. And he's going to use us to draw people out of the darkness into the light. Right? He's going to use us to draw people out of slavery to sin into freedom in Christ. Right? He's going to draw people out of just being lost and being found. Right? It, from being in rebellion to God to friends of God and to the family of God. That's what God does, and, and he uses people to do that. Right? And that's what God is going to do, is going to use that. And that's exactly what happened with Paul, right? He follows, and God uses him. God makes him into something, that he never, that he, makes him into a teacher. And that's what God does is, uh, in, in our lives, is, is he, wa- he wants to use us to reach people and transform lives. And, and really, in a sense, all of God's people are full-time missionaries, Right? Everyone sitting here is a full-time missionary of God. And my friend Marty Caldwell always would say that he's a, he was a director in Young Life. He would say all of God's people are, are called to be full-time missionaries. They just get a paycheck from somewhere else. Right? You, you might not be paid by the church or a full-time missionary organization. You might get, you get your paycheck from your small business, from cutting hair or, or flipping burgers or, or working at Intel you know, wherever you're at, you, you are a full-time missionary of God, right? All of God's people. And, and the beautiful thing about that is, and, is you have a greater reach than, than, us, than us pastors, right? Because you, you guys go out into the world, into your, your kids' schools, into your neighborhoods, into your gyms, into your workplaces, and you go as full-time missionaries which is your true identity. You go out and, and you fish for people, right? You share the, the goodness of God and, and the love of God and, 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 and be the light of Christ wherever God has you. And, and, that's, and that's how people, that's how God reaches. And in fact, pastor's job is to equip the saints for the work of ministry, right? So, so our, our us our job, our primary job is to equip you to go out into the world, to follow Jesus, and then go and make disciples, right? That's why the scripture says, as the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you, right? Jesus has sent you into the world, right? He calls his people ambassadors, right? I'm an ambassador to the kingdom of God, as I, and I go out to represent him in the world. That's why he calls us salt in light, right? 
We're to, we're to make a difference in this world as we, as we live for him and we, we take the gospel and we love people and, and we glorify God in the world. So if you are a follower of Jesus, if you say Jesus is my Lord and Savior, right? I love Jesus. You're also in full-time ministry, right? You're in full-time ministry. And even if, you know, you're a, you're a stay-at-home mom, Stay-at-home moms, full-time ministers, and you, you find out where God has sent you into the world, and you love those people that God's put around you. Wherever you are, students, you're full-time miss- missionaries to your schools, right? All, everywhere you go, we proclaim the gospel. We fish for people everywhere. And in fact, you, you, if you remember, Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God, right? He begins proclaiming the kingdom of God is at hand. He calls people to follow him, and he's preparing them, right, to be, to be his followers and to be his disciples because if you understand the, the kind of where we're at, right, as a church, we're, we're looking back at what Jesus has done, right? He already came. He already established his kingdom. He he is ruling and reigning now. He dies on the cross. He rises again, and he sends his church into the world, right? So the kingdom is already. Jesus is already ruling and reigning, but the kingdom is not yet. One day Jesus is going to return, and and he's going to redeem and restore all things. He's going to bring his kingdom down to earth. He's going to make all things new. He's going to do finally once and for all put an end to satan sin and death and we live in this very unique time as god's people we live between the already and the not yet we live in this time between what what jesus has already done and what jesus is going to do and jesus could have already done it he could already ended it all said no i'll bring my kingdom in and it's over but he doesn't do that right he left, he, he gathers these disciples unto himself, these 12 disciples. He forms a church for his mission, and he sends his church into the world. The, our whole purpose as God's church is to be his missionaries, right? To follow him and to go out, bring the gospel out to the world, to the ends of the earth, making disciples wherever, wherever we are. That's our whole purpose as a church. We have to remember our identities as missionaries, as followers of Jesus, and as missionaries of God. And we're, and we, and we're here for this very purpose until Jesus returns. And, and I think that's another thing when you think about the graciousness of God. God left his church here because he cares about people. He wants to see more people saved, more people, lives transformed, more people drawn unto himself. That's our whole purpose as God's people, right? And, and I want to share with you point number three is we have a different kind of king, right? We have a different kind of king. Uh, wh- when you see Jesus show up on the scene and begins to gather his disciples and call them to follow him, that was not typical of a rabbi in his day. In, in, in that day, rabbis would be chosen by their pupils or their disciples, right? But Jesus is different. Jesus goes to 
he, to his disciples and, and draws them unto himself, right? He, he doesn't wait and hope, fingers crossed, that someone's going to come to him. No, he, he, he goes to his chosen disciples and, and he actually saves them and draws them to himself and, and it calls them to follow and, and, and spends, you know, three years of his life with them, just walking with them and preparing them and loving them and and so I, I think this is a beautiful thing. This is a beautiful picture because Jesus is modeling for us how we're to live our lives, right? Jesus didn't come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many, right? So the, the, this, this is the beauty of Jesus as we look at Jesus in this series is that Jesus is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's seated up on the throne, and he humbles himself, right? He comes into this earth. He takes on flesh and is born as a child. And it's because God is a God who is pursuing his disciples, right? He's, he comes to us. He, he doesn't hope that we're going to come to him. He actually goes and, and saves us and draws us to himself and transforms lives and transforms hearts. And, and that's what we're seeing with Jesus that He's so passionate about people that he's got to go. He, he's a pursuing God. He's a loving God and to the point of death, right? He, he's going to pursue us to the point of death, even death on a cross. He gives his life for his people. He, he loves his people. And, and so this is a beautiful thing of Jesus is, is that Jesus is, 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 showing, is not only calling us, uh, saving us, he's calling us to follow him because he loves us, because he gave his life for us, because he has a purpose for our lives, and he's got a plan for our lives. And it, I mean, he's such a good God. Right? Follow me because I defeated Satan's sin and death. Follow me because I'm going to use you for my kingdom and my mission. So, so what does this mean, right? How, how do we really live this out? We've heard that 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 an authentic disciple of Jesus follows him by, by, by living for his mission. How do we live this out, right? What does this really mean for our lives? And, and so I got a couple things for you. I want to ask you this, and I really want you to write this down and even think about this. Right? What is blocking you, or what is Jesus calling you to leave to follow him? What is Jesus calling you to leave to follow him, right? Maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you're not a believer. Maybe you, you just, you, you're hearing this for your first time, and, and you're trying to figure it out, and you don't know who this Jesus guy is, but, but and maybe, maybe Jesus is calling you to turn and trust him and give your life to him for the first time. Maybe today will be your, your day of salvation, right? Leave your old life. Turn to him, right? Jesus is so good. So kind, so loving. Maybe, maybe you have other things. Maybe you just got your, you got a lot of concerns. Maybe it's health stuff that's just maybe just saying, man, it's really hard to follow Jesus right now because I'm struggling with some health issues. And, and man, I, does God really care for me? Right? Where, where is he? Right? Maybe you're struggling at work. Maybe you, you hate your job or or you're not getting paid enough, or you're just struggling at work, and you're, you're struggling to follow him, and God, wh why do you have me here? What, what is going on here? 
Maybe you're struggling to follow him because you got some, some marital turmoil, maybe, maybe some conflict, some unresolved things in, in your marriage, and it's just, man, it's just so hard to, to follow Jesus right now, right? We all have things. We're all struggling. No one here, just so you know, no one here has it all together. There is no one here that has it all together. None of us pastors, none of the elders, you know, no one on the worship team, none of us have it all together. We all have struggles. We all have pain and, and heartache, and, and, and we're, we're just trying to make it through this life the best we can. And, 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 tr- and, it, and some of these things right, get in our way of really just trusting Jesus and following him. I want you to hear this, that God wants you to lay those things down before him and follow him and trust him with those things. Right? God is going to meet you there in the middle of those struggles. Right? Lay them down and, and look to Jesus. Instead of looking at the struggles, right? looking, at, at, you know, looking at the finances and, and freaking out on how are we going to pay these bills, look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I want to follow you, and I need you. Help me. Right? Draw near to me, Lord. Right? And I promise you, he will draw near to you. He will help you. Right? Put Jesus as supreme in your life. Trust him, and he'll, he'll, he'll meet you there. Lay down your nets. You will not regret it. Lay down your nets before Jesus, right? Lay, lay down those things that are entangling you, right? Nets is a really good picture. And number two, I want to ask you this, is who are the people that God is calling you to fish for, right? This is part of our, our value of being relentlessly outward, Right, if we're if true disciples of Jesus, right, authentic disciples follow him by living for his mission, we have to be thinking about people. God cares about people, right? So, who are the people in your life that God is calling you to pray for, right? Maybe, maybe I'd even encourage you to write down two or three people. Like, I really want to be intentional about, about loving these people and praying for them and, and, and reaching out to them. And one of my, one of, I think today, a lot of times when we hear about evangelism, right, reaching out to people, we think uh, that, it, that it's, I got to go, I got to go corner someone and dump the gospel on them, right? I got to make sure they hear it all, the gospel. But that, I don't believe that, I don't think that's very effective. And I don't think that's what God's calling us to. I think what God's calling us is to, to love people. And I think the most effective form of, of evangelism is friendship evangelism, right? Like being a genuine friend to someone who doesn't know Jesus. Not because you're just trying to, trying to get them to come to church, but because you really care about them, right? Not just because you're trying to win an argument. I, I, I want them to know Jesus, right? And so, so I'd encourage you to take two or three people and just really say, I want to build a friendship with these people, right? I want to invite them over for dinner. I want to take them out to lunch at, while I'm at work and and I want to get to know them. I want to hear about their lives. I want to understand them. And I, and I believe, truly believe, as you do that, as you learn and, 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 you know, care for people, like, they're going to want to know. They're going to want to know you, right? They're going to want to know about your life. They want to know about where you go to church. They're going to want to know about what, what's so different about this person. You'll have opportunities to share Jesus with people if you do that. Friendship evangelism. Love them, serve them, be a good listener, and, and just look for opportunities to share Jesus. 
and to share your testimony with them. And God will give you those opportunities. All right? We're going we're gonna to transition right now. But I really want us to, to remember, right, who we are. Our true identity in, uh, in Jesus is that we're followers of Jesus, called to live for his mission. And just think about this, this idea. Like, imagine if the disciples had just kind of gotten their own bubble and just said, no, we're, we kind of like our 12 here. We, we kind of just like our community and we'll just kind of do a Bible study and, and we'll just kind of hang out here. And imagine if they never really lived out that mission of God, right? We would not be here today if it wasn't for those, those 12 disciples and, and the other followers of Jesus who, and all of the followers of Jesus who since the beginning have, have taken the gospel to the ends of the earth. We stand here today, right? Maybe you can even think about the person who shared the gospel with you because Christians for thousands of years have, have shared the love of Jesus and have, have lived out the mission of God in their lives. And as God's people, we get to continue that mission, right? There's going to be, you know, people 100 years from now, if, if Jesus hasn't returned yet, right, that heard about Jesus because we were faithful to the call to keep spreading the, the good news of Jesus, to, to living and, and being faithful to him. And so I, I hope you would be inspired today to know that you can make an impact in someone. You can be a regular guy like Paul Cooper, right, painter, and have an impact on people for generations, right? We get to be used by the king. That's one of the most beautiful things about God is that he would use us, right, that he would use us to, to make a difference in people's lives, that he would make, use us to, to walk through people, life with people who are struggling, right? That he would use us to see uh, people get baptized, to see people get saved, to see marriages reconciled. Like, that's what God has, has done, is he sends us to love people and care for people. And it's a beautiful thing. And, and so I want to call us church to, to be the church, to be his people right? Consider those things. What do I need to do to truly follow Jesus, to put him Lord as my life? And how can I love people and live for his mission? Let me pray. Lord Jesus, I, I just thank you so much, Lord, for, for this little short text here, Lord, and we see that you, just your love for people. Thank you that you loved us so much while we were still sinners that you loved us that you gave your life for us. Thank you, Lord, for the cross. Thank you that you pursue after us. Thank you that if we're a follower of Jesus and maybe we've been just struggling, you are our Lord and we're just struggling. We're struggling to live it out that you don't give up on us. Thank you that you don't forsake us, that nothing can separate us from your love. Thank you that you, you keep relentlessly pursuing us, Lord, and help us, Lord, to be your people. Help us to live for you. Fill us with your spirit, Lord. May we make an impact. May we make a difference. Use us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.
I really hope that you were encouraged by the sermon today. You can learn more about us at anchorchurchgilbert.com. We'd love to have you join our mailing list. You can do that on the website. If you have any questions for us about who Jesus is, please let us know through our website. I hope that you were encouraged.